Welcome everybody to the Future Belongs to Creators. This is a show made by creators for creators, just like ConvertKit is, I guess. And it's a show about the creator economy. We really love bringing on people who are working on a side hustle, especially in the early stages. And that's what we have today. We are joined today by our lovely workmate, Roman, who is going to talk to us about her calligraphy side hustle, The New Provincial. Welcome, Roman. Thank you so much for having me. Also, I forgot to mention Miguel's here today as well. I'm sorry, Miguel, you were less exciting to mention than <laughs> Roman was. <laughs> I understand. Well, the, the spotlight's on Roman, so that's okay. Uh, yeah. She's, yeah. She's, we talk to me every week. She's special today, so let's keep the spotlight on her. No pressure. <laughs> I feel really so Roman, special and fancy right now, so thank you. Good. You should, you should. Roman has been very impressed by our fancy live streaming setup that we have here, so I hope that everyone watching is as well. I want to call out as well, right at the start, that if you have questions about starting a side hustle, running a creative side hustle, please leave them in the live chat uh, here on YouTube. And if you're listening to us after the fact, then I'm sorry you missed out, and maybe you should join us next time for the live chat. Uh, we go live every Wednesday at 12.30 Eastern time on youtube.com slash convertkit. But let's get into it and let's talk about the new provincial. So um, by day, Roman is our product manager, one of our product managers at ConvertKit. We love working with her. And then on the side, you've started this cool side hustle, cool creative side hustle. Tell us a bit about it. Yeah. So the side hustle is called New Provincial. So the vision was that it will be my calligraphy studio. So essentially my calligraphy brand where I can create some cool, I guess, stationary art. It's currently mostly an Instagram page, <laughs> which I haven't posted a lot to, but I guess it was an intention to create some art that was slightly branded or slightly reflective mm -hmm. of my taste, my passions, um, and essentially just making sure I keep focused because I've been a crafter for many, many years. I've tried all the Pinterest trends in the whole world. And I've really, you know, starting doing calligraphy for about a year now. I really love it. And I really wanted this time around to have a bit more focus. And I guess it also stemmed from the fact that I work at ConvertKit. I work with creators for creators every day. So I guess it makes you want to start things in a more structured way. And that's yeah. how it all started essentially. And I've got some work to show uh, on screen right now. Again, the audio listeners are going to have to imagine this slightly, but this is a look at some of Roman's work. These are name cards, right, Roman? Yeah, um, the little gift tags that I was doing yeah. just to play a bit with photography, essentially, um, which is the thing I didn't think I really need to do until I actually started thinking I need to share my work. And photography is one thing. And Hera saying New Provincial, the name of the of the studio. Yeah, yep. a little logo, which you have to create as well. Another thing that I didn't really expect to really hmm. have to do initially. <laughs> For those listening who are not live, what we are were looking at was some beautiful calligraphy. It genuinely, like when I look at it, I think a, a human hand did this. Like <laughs> this isn't some like Photoshop, like it looks so perfect and Beautiful. I mean, it, it's just really, really, I don't know how you do it. It's really cool. Thanks, Mikael. Well, thanks. That's also why I do it is, I guess I was fascinated by this old craft and how mm. eerie almost looks as well, really good. I'm still not at that level, but, you know, by keeping practicing to really create something that, that stuns people are like, oh my God, this is not made by computers. No, it's me sitting on my desk for like 
10 hours and just writing all day. And that's what I like about it is creating something that is manual, but essentially has a little like magical property because we don't see this in our daily life anymore. We don't really look at handwriting anymore at all. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. My handwriting is so bad. I feel like honestly, (laughs) maybe my calligraphy is better than my actual handwriting uh, in terms of readability and things like that. (laughs) And I'm not very good at calligraphy. So that should tell you what my handwriting's like. This is so cool, Ramon. Yeah, I love your work. Um, it's also at, we've got a banner to put on screen here, instagram.com slash the new provincial if anyone wants to check it out and uh, see it. Maybe audio listeners can go look after the fact. But you mentioned to us, Ramon, when we were talking about bringing you on to you know talk about starting this side hustle, that it had been harder than you thought to get it going. I would love to hear what some of those difficulties are that you faced with it that you perhaps weren't expecting. Yeah, so I'm sure many of our listeners today also have a passion, you know, especially if you think yourself as a creator, you're something you're passionate about, probably something you've been doing for maybe many months, many years, decades, who knows? And then suddenly you're thinking, I need to start sharing this work. I need to maybe make a living from this work, which is really a great aspiration. And for me, I really was super, super excited about this. I've been wanting to really talk about my work and showcase my work for probably as soon as I started, that was the intention from the beginning. And it was harder because I am maybe a very private person. So I don't use social media as much. I don't um, showcase myself as a private person as much. Uh, Maybe LinkedIn is the most I do and Twitter in the context of my work. Um, So there was, first of all, the hurdle of being like, I actually need to start talking to people I don't know about and really put myself out there. And it felt quite vulnerable at the time of essentially you know it's something very private I've been doing you know writing letters to my mom or uh, you know creating gift tags for my friends at Christmas and suddenly had to show it to strangers and essentially get feedback and trying as well to go into the race of social media and gaining subscribers and trying to essentially grow my audience and that felt really stressful. That felt really like a big, big task. And uh, I kept procrastinating about it. I kept, you know, thinking, oh, no, I need to progress first. You know, my, my art is not good enough. And there was also like a, the, the next challenge I had. So first of all, I had to accept that I had to share on social media. And then I had to accept that my work was worth sharing. And I'm still, you know, battling this. And it's tricky because in my ConvertKit job, I'm a product manager. I'm here to make sure we release things quickly and we learn from it. And it doesn't have to be perfect because we know we're going to iterate. And then in my side hustle, I was sitting at my desk and they're like, I've done this specific envelope 10 times. Still not good enough. I'm not going to show this to anyone. Throw in a bin. And that was like another thing which I really had to work on and try and say, right, I'm going to put things out there. They're not going to be perfect. It's all about the journey. And that was another thing I had to cali- you know, cal- calibrate and change course on, is that it's not about really putting something absolutely perfect. I think people really want to understand how you came up with it. And sometimes it's just not you know, the best and you're going to learn from it. And that's what I'm trying to focus on right now, essentially. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Um, I used to be more of an artist when I was younger. I don't really draw or anything as much as I used to, but I remember being... And and then every other artist, it seems like that I've ever met, has a similar thing to say where they they don't really like showcasing their art. They're very critical of the things that they do. You're your own worst critic. 
my partner, she's a very good artist, but, um, you know, whenever I open any of her things, the first thing that she says is, uh, oh, you know, those are, I was just practicing or she's already making excuses for what I might think when really they're fantastic. And I get that the idea isn't always to make something perfect. It's just to practice and to learn and to make mistakes and do something different. And it's not always going to be the the final product. So I think we had somebody in, in the chat here, actually, Chris, he said that he feels the same way as you, Ramon, that he's very private about his personal art and design projects. So it's, it seems like a, scene that, a thing that seems to resonate with artists in general to feel that way. Yeah, I think as well, really specific to artists and what could, what probably is feeding that feeling is that uh, there is sometimes this, I guess we're putting things that, that it's either art or it's craft. And sometimes craft is seen maybe, oh, it's good for like a, a Pinterest, you know, article or something like that. But it's, it's not art. And there is this big thing about art and being an artist. We're actually probably, you know, you could be whatever you want, essentially. It's, it's interesting to some people. And craft is not a bad word. And that's what I'm trying as well to show with what I'm doing. And I guess also, I've been a crafter for so many years. And I've always enjoyed learning about other people's crafts. And not it's just their art and then just their crafts. And I'm really trying to think, well, if I, if I can show something that's imperfect, maybe I can show something that is approachable as well. And then more people want to try it, maybe more people will see it. And then if I can just get, you know, more people just picking up a, a pen and just writing a few words and just enjoying this activity once in their life, then I'm happy. You know, that's what that was I was meant to achieve. I love that. That this I feel like maybe you just answered the question that I wanted to ask you, which is that if you really don't like sharing things publicly and being on social media, being a private person, what drove this decision for you to want to start doing that, you know, to want to start posting to Instagram and want to start sharing your work? Why make that choice? Initially, it really started because I saw this as as a way to keep motivated and disciplined in my learning Mm -hmm. practice. So for me, I was thinking if I have some deadlines, so let's say I'm I'm going to try to, my new thing is going to, I'm going to try a monthly newsletter. In a monthly newsletter, I want to talk about three calligraphy projects I've completed in the month. That forces me to have some kind of rhythm and that forces Mm. me to essentially be accountable for for my craft and for my work, which hasn't happened until I really started being more public about my, my work. So that was kind of like the initial I guess the official reason maybe why I started this. And then I think I was kind of craving just connecting with people about it. Um, you know, m- you know, my friends, family, they enjoy it. It's pretty, they like it. But it's very different to be able to, to have strangers commenting on it, having people encouraging you. And then as well, connecting with other people doing the same crafts. Like I met already quite a few people in my very small area of England who were doing the same thing, you know, or enjoying oh, cool. it. And it's, it's really great just to learn you know learn and meet new people so I think there was initially kind of like a motivation trying to be disciplined and really trying to be like that perfect creator and then as well trying to connect with people was probably more what I needed deep down I love that I've definitely noticed that in um, this year I've been sending a weekly newsletter and it has forced me to build my writing habit up more, right? Because if it's like, if I want to send a newsletter out, I've got to spend the time writing in order to send it out. But I never really thought of that as 
I don't know, it wasn't my reason for starting it, but it, I think it's been a great reason to continue it because of that habit that it builds. And I like the way you're thinking about sharing work as part of that motivation for creating it in the first place. Yeah, and I'm always so impressed by how much work you put into your side hustle, Charlie. I think also doing this has taught me how much freaking time it takes to be an online creator nowadays. <laughs> it's, uh, it's hard work, so it's super impressive what you achieved. Well, thank you. But as Miguel said at the start, the focus is on you for this episode, so we don't need to keep talking about me. <laughs> and one important thing to call out to is the most critical eye in the room is often you. My thing is woodworking, right? So whenever I create something and make something out of wood, I'm seeing the little corner that I, you know, chipped on accident or the thing that I didn't sand properly or the joint that isn't quite matching up that I need to sand down. But when I show someone that piece but before fixing all of those things, it's always, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You should sell these. You should make your own. You should. Everyone's just blown away. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there pouring over the tiniest little thing that I'm the only one that can see. So sometimes you're the only one looking at it with this giant magnifying glass. And so, you know, I think somebody is a rock, rock Zed, I guess it's how I say it. I don't know. He was saying that, um, they fall into a, a pit of perfectionism, which I like, mm. I like the way he said that yeah. it's, a. Uh, you know, you you get stuck sort of like trying to make the perfect thing that you're not really creating anymore. You're just you're just scrutinizing and you don't want to get stuck there. And worrying. So, I, I, yeah, I love that. And Charlie, one thing I wanted to bring up, too, is I remember Ramon was speaking about kind of getting out of that comfort zone because she's a very private person. I remember mm -hmm. you kind you would think that, oh, Charlie's a very extroverted person. This is very easy for her. But I seem to remember you back in the day got really is, this is, must have been over a year ago, but when you started doing like Instagram stories of you filming yourself just going about your day and how very weird that was for you to be the one in front of the camera, because usually it's your work in front of the camera. But when you were making content of like, oh, here's me like on my skateboard or whatever it is you were just mm. hanging out doing, I remember you mentioning how it was like, it was almost like a challenge to yourself to make yourself make those types of videos because you always felt kind of awkward. Do you know what I'm talking about or is it so yeah. long ago that? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely feel that like in setting boundaries between what is public and what is private. And for me, it was like the scary thing was like, you know, I'll share my work through an edited video whenever you want, but live streaming it, that was the scary thing, you know, to think about like people watching me doing the work in the moment that it's happening. Yeah. Maybe that that's a future for Iran to live stream calligraphy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be super cool. It would be cool. I would love to see I that. I mean, that's that's the next step, but we're really not there yet. <laughs> I can yeah, tell fair you. enough. Fair if enough. you sign up to my Instagram, expect loads of like calligraphy pictures, but not many of me doing it. I've got one. It's with my cat. That's the only one you're going to get for the next year. That's right. If it involves a cat, it's worth it. I'm into it. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I'm already envisioning like an Instagram video of like this top down view mm -hmm, of just mm -hmm. your hand on a paper and just like doing some really cool stuff. And me just being like my jaw dropping by being like, oh, my God, this is, she's doing this in real time. And it looks that beautiful. Like it still blows my mind that like a free hand can do something that nice. It's just I feel like if I did that, it would just look like I was, you know, in an earthquake. It would just be terrible. So <laughs> I'm sure it's not true, but um, I have thought about doing this kind of content. Um, I'm obviously navigating, setting up everything, you know, 
first photography so i need to have a spot to do that and then to game right how can i actually create video as well which is like a whole different level but yeah i need to do this i would have to speed it up because calligraphy and like all the other crafts i was doing like embroidery just so slow i (laughs) I think i would just lose so many followers if i were to keep it real time (laughs) so yeah time lapse that's the word i'm looking for time lapse calligraphy yeah Yeah, exactly I think, um, so, okay, where I wanted us to take the conversation next really ties into this. So thanks for unintentionally doing that, Miguel. But um, I think when you start creating, there's a lot of things that either you feel like you should be doing or that other people are saying you should be doing. And I know that you, to start with, were thinking of launching an Etsy store, right? As the very first thing you did. I wonder if that came about because you saw other calligraphers doing that and thought, okay, this should be the thing that I do. Can you talk us through that and why you decided not to pursue that right now? Yeah, so you're right. I think probably from January to, I guess, probably up until May, my goal was to launch an Etsy shop uh, selling calligraphy items like personalized envelopes, gift tags, um, family trees, anything that could be customized with the idea that maybe at some point I could move up and get some um commissions or maybe weddings, special events, Hmm. something like that. That was more of a long-term goal. The reason I started this, probably a combination of multiple factors. I work for ConvertKit. We want to help creators make a living. I speak to so many people who are making a living out of it. And I guess it was this romantic vision of me was like, oh, what if one day I could be a full-time calligrapher? How cool would that be? And, you know, maybe one day. And for me, I felt, right, I need to start now. I need to really start now. And it's true that I follow quite a lot of calligraphers who make a living out of this. And it looks so cool and so interesting. And they work on very beautiful projects and they travel a lot. And it's just, you know, a very, the aesthetic of all of that really attracted me. And the Etsy shop seemed like the best next course of action for that. So I started as a good product manager, really have a vision and plan and roadmap and backlog of products and I tried I started doing some product development work so if we take the gift tags they actually showed earlier Charlie these were a first draft of what I was thinking of selling um, mm. and then with this came conversations with my just one man show on what should my branding be like and what what kind of like product should I offer going forward and what the tone should be and you know in calligraphy obviously you, you use words so like what should the quotes be about and what what my universe is essentially and I created loads of questions like brand colors all these different things and then I was thinking about pricing and like right, I don't even have a product, but I have to think about pricing. Calligraphy is very <laughs> slow. So I was think, I was just getting overwhelmed, as you can see, with yeah, all these yeah. different aspects of it, because it's obviously you have a digital part of your work, which you take pictures of, and it's already a whole lot of work. And then you've got this physical product that you're trying to create. So you have to think about supplies, you have to think about shipping, you have to think about pricing, fulfillment of your order, all of that. And um, that was just basically getting in the way of me writing calligraphy and enjoying it um, so I was essentially creating the same products on repeat just to perfect them so again that pit of perfectionism that we talked earlier I was just diving into this head first and really trying to get it perfect for that Etsy picture that I wanted to take and I was just feeling like maybe I was not I didn't have the time to perfect my skills or improve my skills in general so maybe it was different style of calligraphy I wanted to learn and I felt I was really limiting myself so 
I decided to scrap this completely and maybe take a step back. You know, I still have a dream of earning a full-time living from a craft at some point. I'm not saying we can everything, maybe, who knows? But just to enjoy this journey as more essentially building up my work and my art and trying to take people on that journey with me because it was stressful in parts. And I'm hoping that maybe if I start talking about it, and what we're doing with this podcast today as well could help some of the people just to get started with a craft and just not making super stressful. And you don't always have to make money from it. You can just share it and see where it goes and just enjoy the process of it. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That I feel like you did a really good job of explaining the overwhelm there. And yeah, I totally get it. I think that a lot of the time creators jump first to, oh, there's this thing, this skill that I like using. How do I make money from it? And mm-hmm. there's sort of a step in the middle of the like building up the habit and the the audience even to sell stuff to in the first place before you should really think about that. Yeah. I love what you said, Roman, about enjoying the process as mm-hmm. well, because you, you, you put so much pressure on yourself, I think, at first to make it something that, you know, it was like another thing and another thing and another thing. And then eventually it just gets to be too much. I always worry about when it comes to side hustles and and hobbies that I enjoy that I might consider using as a way to supplement my income, I worry about turning that into something that I won't like anymore because it's become a chore or it's become something that's just, I've built something that is untenable because it's just, just, I don't know. So I just, I love that you sort of acknowledge that from the early period and you didn't turn it into a monster that you couldn't control. And you just said, you know what, let's, let's take a step back and rework it. So it's something that I can enjoy and learn from and sort of, you know, be, feel like it's something that you can handle and then go little by little. I, I think that's really great. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's obviously wasn't at that stage, but I think burnout for creators is a, is real. It's a real yeah. thing. I've actually talked to quite a few calligraphers who managed to make some money from it and then took too many commissions. And because mm-hmm. it's obviously manual work and there is so much you can do, they stopped completely doing calligraphy. Some of them haven't touched, you know, a pen or brush for like years. Um, wow. So it sounds like it's a real thing and really trying, I guess, to protect your passion is really important and making sure you still get enjoyment from it. And I know there is obviously a way to be a full-time calligrapher or kind of like visual artist and make a living from it. I feel like I wanted to make sure, as you mentioned, Charlie, getting these steps right and just taking my time. I'm in no rush. I've got a full-time job I enjoy, so I have no rush to really get to that. I need to make a big box from it. I just need to progress and share it and just make a habit. I think, you know, it's Chris from in the chat that's just saying habit building. Just get the habit of creating and just sharing that is probably my priority right now. And it's not in a place where I was where I felt stressed about the Etsy shop. Right now it's more I'm excited about creating. I'm a bit anxious sometimes about sharing my work, but it's kind of like a nice anxiety feeling if that exists. You know, it's kind of like a nice challenge to myself. Because when I do it, then I'm happy about it. And that's that's what I'm looking for right now. I think that a lot of creators are going to really like hearing this approach to things because, you know, like I said, we're always, people want to jump to earning money straight away or sometimes they feel pressured to, you know, like you said, you see other creators doing this and like earning a living from it and you think that's what I should be doing if I'm going to do this and you feel that pressure. 
I know even for me, like I feel like I'm starting to feel better about the choices I've made from hearing you talk about this. <laughs> I always have people, okay, I know we said it was about Ramon, but let me just talk about me for a second. <laughs> I have a lot of people telling me like, you should be making a course, like a course is where the money's at. Like you could do so well making a course, you've got the audience for it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess you're right, but I, I don't really wanna make a course right now. Like. That's, that's not what I feel passionate about. Like, I want to keep working on this book I'm writing that is probably absolutely not going to be a moneymaker, considering the amount of time I'm spending on it. You know, it's going to take a while for that to pay back, but it's what I want to be working on and it's what I feel drawn to do. And yeah, you're right. Like, we've got to remember as creators to protect our passion in that way and be sure that that's part of the equation too when we're making decisions. Yeah, one of the best parts about the fact that you're building something by yourself, for yourself, is that you get to make it into whatever you want it to be. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to, to protect yourself from the pressure or the advice of people who might cause you to create something that you end up not liking. So if that means saying no to certain things, so that way you can make it into something you still enjoy, then that's maybe the best way to go. Especially for for people who, let's say you have a day job and that day job turns out to be something that is a, a list of things that's constantly things that maybe you don't want to do or you feel like it's the wrong direction or you feel like you feel like the company is making you do this, but that doesn't make any sense because what you should be doing is this, but they won't let you or whatever it is, you're making these concessions in your day job. So don't turn your side hustle into the same thing that mm. you're trying to break away from. Make it something that you look forward to doing that you like to do that uh, challenges you, but is still something that is something you get excited to start doing and not like, ugh, I'm just, okay, I just put in my 40 week, hours this week. Now let me go into my side hustle. That's also a giant, ugh, you know what I mean? Like, come on, like, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I really resonate to that. And this also super freeing to just be able to create anything you want. And I'm not just saying, you know, putting things on paper, but just, you know, taking the decisions for your side hustle. And that's maybe something like a, a nice thing I didn't expect to feel like I've never been an entrepreneur in my life. I've always been working for, for, for different companies, good companies where, you know, I'm not, no one cracks the whip or tells me what to do. I've got a lot of autonomy in my job. But it was very, very freeing to be like, I can just do anything I want. I can make this thing, this concept of a new provincial can be just my complete utter vision, which could be absolutely yeah. terrifying. Um, but it's also really, really empowering. And that's why, as you said, it's really important to stand your ground and really knowing what you want to do and doing this in your own time um, so you can keep enjoying that. I love that. Elena asked a question here of where or when do you think is the right time to start monetizing things in this way? And actually, that's what I'm really curious to hear from you, Roman, is as you're now focusing on this monthly newsletter and Instagram content, what might be some signs to you or do you have in mind a level you want to be at before you start actually working on the Etsy shop and thinking like, okay, now is the right time for me to do this? Yeah, it's a very good question. It's a very tricky question to answer because... It will depend a lot. I would say my big caveat would be depend what you're creating. For me, my priority would be first to have a big backlog of content in my belt. So mm -hmm. I have created quite a lot of different projects, those different techniques I want to try, uh, different concepts as well. I probably want to do maybe a full year of content without thinking about money to think about how can I, how do I work with 
Christmas, for example, and how early do I have to work with Christmas? And like all these different seasonal events, which obviously for the calligraphy world and lots of other creative fields are quite important to think about. And um, I just want to do this first with no pressure of thinking I'm not missing on money if I don't pull out, you know, this idea you know, three months before Christmas, for example. So for me, that probably would give me a long time to really think, plan, experience as well, a full year of putting my work out there. And then as well, looking at engagement. So how are people responding to this? Are they contacting me for commissions as well? Are they contacting me for my work? Are they asking me about my services? Would be obviously a really good indicator that maybe I should start working on this? Or am I encouraging people maybe to take the craft themselves to actually start creating things, which then maybe will maybe push me towards doing something around helping people doing calligraphy could be one thing. And so for me, there's not really a clear timeline. It would just be picking up these indicators along the way that first I am ready. I am not stressed so I can create comfortably, practice my craft while still thinking about these big questions around the Etsy shop, for example, which at the time felt overwhelming and were blocking me from being creative. And then as well, having the time to pick up those indicators that from my audience, it's time to go. I have some interest. It sounds very hor- very businessy, but what's like, are they, is there an opportunity for me? Is there a space mm. for me? And so I would, I would try quite carefully, but just because of this demonstration where I have a full-time job and I don't want to burn out from my craft at the moment. I love that. I think it will be a feeling, right? It'll just be like, you'll know when it's, you're, you're ready to take on that challenge and when you want to take on the challenge of the Etsy store. Definitely. Um, but it's quite interesting as well, without talking too much about, about myself because it feels weird, but my partner is also a creator. Uh, my partner is actually not a full-time creator. He is a food blogger and he has been blogging for about two years. And I think you can see clearly that he's entering that phase where it starts for him to think about how he can monetize his content because he has a very healthy flow of subscribers, mm-hmm. followers, all of this. He has a very set routine. So he published X amount of recipes and it works for him. It's not overwhelming. He enjoys it. Uh, he's starting to have other opportunities with the bloggers as well, getting more visibility, getting more questions from his community. And now he's starting on thinking, how can I monetize this? But it felt like a very natural transition. So as you said, I think it's, it's very much a feeling like you probably know when it's time for you to, to you know, start the next step. You know, one of the approaches that I've seen here locally uh, where I live has been rather than creating this and so creating this entire infrastructure on how to do business, how to engage with customers, how to create a a marketplace essentially for where someone can come and try to shop for things that you offer and give you money for that, which in turn creates work for you and things like that. One of the ways to kind of like halfway do that without building out all that infrastructure is kind of doing like quick pop-ups where there's maybe a short window where you're offering goods and services. And it's kind of like a dry run for having a, a, you know, basically a 24 seven store. One specific example is say like a, a bake shop here. They don't have a physical shop anywhere here for this specific French bakery, but there is this other business here that hosts them every once in a while. And they'll go on Instagram and say, come see us here at the store on Saturday. We'll be here from 9 a.m. to 2 or until things sell out and you you can do pre-orders or something like that. Then when Saturday comes, you can come and try their stuff at this other place. Both businesses 
tend to get, you know, an influx of customers and, and interest. And it's a way of you kind of seeing, well, how busy would I be if I started selling? What would that look like? And it's a way of like gauging interest, but also allowing you to create a small window of being able to sell something without having to set up, buy a storefront, get a loan from the bank, you know, do the whole thing where you're all in and it's a giant gamble for you. So what that might look like for, say, a calligraphy business to say, once you have kind of a, a good list, you can say, hey, um, I'm, I'm opening up this uh, window where I'm doing cards, greeting cards, whatever it is that you want to do for this price. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm setting it up for X amount of time. And let me know if you guys are interested, shoot me a DM, and then we'll talk about it or something like that. And it kind of creates this sort of event where you are selling something without creating a whole store where you have to worry about like, oh, this is something I manage all the time and work could come in at any moment. This is just like a dry run where everything is on, but you can turn it off. Yeah, this is a really, really good idea, actually. And something a bit similar as well, which I was thinking of kind of like started was maybe having a community of calligrapher and essentially having a general account where we we showcase these people. And, you know, each week there is a spotlight on one artist and you can put orders for that specific amount. And that will be next week, you know, there'll be someone else, maybe a different country with a completely different style. Um, and I think that will be really interesting. But I love the idea of having just a little pop-up even like a physical pop-up in my village and anyone can that would you all so kind of want to show up and I'll, I'll do your christmas cards Ooh, okay <laughs> and the cool thing about the physical pop-up is that you can take a bunch of pictures and videos and that can be content for your digital presence and you can say hey i was out here blah 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 and then it just it just kind of makes you you know it can kind of shake things up and create different types of content for you thanks again i should hire you, you should be my my manager or something no, I should. This is what we do. Nope. This is like come a guest on the show, and we'll do a business plan for you. You know, all the things. <laughs> it's consultancy. This is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah. One thing that I feel like I want people to take away from this is the fact that you did get started in the end, Roman. You know, it was overwhelming. You had a thing you wanted to do, and you decided that you couldn't do the full extent of what you originally had in mind straight away. But instead of just being like, well, I'm not going to do any of it then, it's all too much. You found like, what is the what is the way I can do this that works for me and that is sustainable? And so I hope that inspires other people to maybe rethink the ideas that they have, they're finding overwhelming, or just, yeah, take a different look at the way you're creating and look at ways you can make it more sustainable for you. 100%. 100%. I would recommend it. It would. It's been fun. Just even, you know, setting up to Instagram. I set up my Instagram and then for like a month, I didn't post anything. And then I added a profile picture before we couldn't do anything. And then I decided, you know what? I'm just going to post on Slack with, with my colleagues who obviously side hustlers. And then I got loads of love. And then I was like, that's all I did. You know, at least I put it somewhere. I got a few followers. And then today, Charlie was like, get on a podcast. I was like, right, I need to post something. Just do it incrementally <laughs> in your own time. It will be fun. It has been fun so far. So. So if you want to follow along with this journey Roman is on, she's at Instagram.com slash The New Provincial. And you can also check out, let me see if I can put this one on screen as well, the newprovincial.ck.page to sign up for her newsletter. And there's a link to the Instagram on there. So the newprovincial.ck.page. Thanks for being here, Roman. Thanks for sharing everything with us. This has been really fun. Thank you for all the business advice. That has been really helpful. We watch will out see for my pop up. <laughs> yeah, watch out for the pop up. We're all gonna come and get our Christmas cards 
uh, calligraphied. What's the written? What what's the word for it? Uh, calligraphed. Okay, there we go. Uh, there we go. Calligraphication. I don't know. I'm One out. of those. On that note, <laughs> let's wrap up. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you back here. Remember, join us live. We go live on youtube.com slash convertkit at 12.30 Eastern time every Wednesday. So hopefully we'll see you here in the live chat for the next one. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week. And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. If you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online, and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creator journey. <laughs>